Hello, my friend. Welcome to the program today. What a delight to be with you. Thanks so much for being with us. If you are on schedule with us, we are now getting our foot into the month of December, and Christmas is soon coming. The end of the year is soon coming. Time is flying by as it always seems to do these days. And by the way, are you ready to share the gospel this Christmas season as you're out and about and people bustling about bump into you, you bump into them? Are you and I ready to share the gospel? I want to challenge you to be ready. I'm going to say something about putting tools in your hand, gospel tools, to help us share the gospel at Christmas time. Well, if you can, reach over, pick up your Bible, Amos chapter 7, the Old Testament minor prophet book of Amos chapter 7. In a moment, I'm going to begin to read at verse 10. Get something also on which you can jot some notes, please. Let's make our time the most profitable that we can. Well, let me begin this way. To what church do you belong? What church do you belong? Now, the Word of God in the New Testament has clearly laid out the biblical priority of you and I being a recognized part of a local New Testament church. If you are a believer, as I am, then let me be frank with you and I. You and I are out of God's will if we are not part of a local church. Bible preaching church. Now, I bring up the subject here because in reality, the subject's going to be brought up here by God today here in Amos 7. Oh, not the local church part, but God's going to identify a preacher and categorize him based upon the church he belongs to. Maybe it would be a little more accurate to say that God's going to categorize this preacher's religious affiliation. In light of his religious affiliation, there's going to be consequences, bad consequences. Oh, dear believer, the church you belong to really does matter. It will have consequences in your life, in the life of your family. Let's begin to look at that section here, Amos chapter 7. Again, in a moment, I'm going to begin to read at verse 7. It's not been too many days ago that I emphasized this particular gospel track, but I'm doing it again right now because the track is entitled Christmas Characters. Oh, and I've jumped into talking about tracks, haven't I? And some may not know what a gospel tract is. That word tract is spelled T-R-A-C-T. I'm talking about a short written presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A gospel tract is a tool to help share the gospel, evangelize lost people, because so many times we come and we meet people briefly and have no opportunity to verbally tell them about the love and grace of Christ found when he died on the Calvary's cross for us and was buried and rose again, that we through him might be cleansed of all sin and have the gift of eternal life. Well, gospel tracts are a great tool to spread and lengthen our gospel impact. This one, Christmas Characters, is a powerful tool, a great tool to use particularly at Christmas season. Now, we have another gospel track called The Gift. It, too, is well used at Christmas time, but this one is really pointedly a Christmas 
evangelism tool, Christmas characters. Oh, dear friend, listen, at the end of this program, my announcer is going to give three ways by which you can give to us your name and your mailing address. Have pen and paper ready. Jot down one of those ways. Give us your name. Give us your mailing address. We will send you a free sample packet of our gospel tracks. Call us and say to our secretaries here, I need some Christmas tracks to share at Christmas season. We'll be glad to send a whole fistful of them to you, free of charge. Please do that. By the way, just go to our website. That is a very effective method for so many people. Our web address is BibleTracksInc.org. You know how to spell the word tracks, BibleTracksInc.org. If your Bible's there handy, I'm going to take mine and begin here. Amos chapter 7, beginning at verse 10, here's what the Bible says. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words, for thus Amos saith. Now, Amaziah is now going to quote some of the things that Amos has been preaching. Here we go. He's going to preach, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led captive, away captive out of their land. Also Amaziah said unto Amos, O thou seer, thou prophet, go flee thee away into the land of Judah, and there eat bread and prophesy there. But prophesy not again any more at Bethel, for it's the king's chapel, and it's the king's court. Now look at verse 17, the last verse of the chapter. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, he's talking to Amaziah now, thy wife shall be an harlot in the city, and thy sons and thy daughters shall fall by the sword, and thy land shall be divided by line, and thou shalt die in a polluted land, and Israel shall surely go into captivity forth of his land. That's not a very pretty verse, is it? Well, come here. In Amos 7, Amos 7 has two basic sections to it. The first section is verses 1 to 9. I call that section by the word visions. There's some visions there. Three are given. These three visions give are given to the prophet Amos. The second section is here, verses 10 to 17. This section I call by the word voices. Voices. And what I just read here in verses 10 to 13 is the voice of Amaziah. Here, in these verses, a priest talks. When we get to verses 14 to 17 next week, there Amos is going to talk. A prophet is going to talk. The verses I read here, again, verses 10 to 13, reveal some facts about Amaziah, the man. And then we read about the accusations being made by Amaziah against Amos. Let's look at them here. First of all, Amaziah, the man. What do we learn about him as the man here? The first half of verse 10. What do we learn? We learn three things. First of all, we learn what he is called. What he is called. By that, I simply mean we learn his name. You may ask, well, what's the big deal about God mentioning his name? Well, friend, I'm glad you asked. I find it extremely interesting that God left us this man's name, and you and I are learning about him now some, oh, 2,800 plus years after the fact, after the whole situation happened. 
in a moment, we're going to see that Amaziah is not a preacher who is godly. He's preaching lies, but God knows his name. In the book of James, in the New Testament, we are told to not have many teachers. Be weary of many teachers. James 3, verse 1 reads like this. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. That's a serious word there. The word masters there in the verse out of James 3, 1 means instructor or teacher. The verse says that those who say they are speaking for God and declaring God's truth will be under really close scrutiny and are going to receive some pretty harsh judgment if you and I, anybody, teaches error. At this point, I simply say this. If any of you listening right now are a teacher in a religious setting, no matter if you're teaching adults or kids, no matter if you're teaching a large group or just three or four students, God knows your name. God knows your name. And God knows what you're teaching. Now, that thought that he knows your name and he knows what you're teaching, that can be a very warming thought to your soul or it can scare the daylights out of you. Now, second thing we learn is Amaziah's category. Now, first we learned his what he's called. Now we learn his category. Again, in verse 10, Amaziah is called a priest of Bethel. Now, that means he was not teaching about Jehovah. He was not teaching truth. He was promoting false gods and false worship. He was doing his priestly work with a key goal in mind. And that goal is this. He was trying to keep people away from the true and living God. If we were to turn over to 1 Kings in chapter 12, in that whole section there, we're told about how the one nation of the Jewish people split into two nations. The nations became Israel and Judah. Those were their names. Israel is the northern nation. Israel never had even one godly king at all. But over in 1 Kings 12, Jeroboam, the first king of this northern nation called Israel, Jeroboam worried that when his Jewish folk and his kingdom would go back to Jerusalem to do true worship, that they would change their loyalties. So, again, in 1 Kings 12, we're told that Jeroboam set up false worship. He set up false gods to stop the people from getting to the true God. This guy, Amaziah, is one of the priests promoting this false worship. And God calls him a priest of Bethel. Beloved listener, you and I who teach in the area of religion and scripture, we are either moving our listeners to the true God or away from him. We are promoting Bible worship or false worship. Which are you and I doing? Let me get a little personal here, if I might, since we're talking about teachers and what they're doing and why they're doing it. Is it possible that you are teaching other people so that they would have this real loyalty to you? And you want them to be loyal to you even more than loyal to God because you like it when people pat you on the back and stroke your ego because of your teaching? That would make you something like Amaziah. 
Oh, friend, the teaching goals of people who handle the Word of God, there are four critical teaching goals. Number one, we are to teach the Bible's message about how to be cleansed from our sin and have the gift of eternal life. We are to teach the gospel, tell people how to be saved. Secondly, we are to teach people how to know how to use the Bible. Our students need to know how to use the Bible for themselves to become self-feeders. Third goal, teachers need to teach their students how to pray, how to pray. And then number four, we're to teach our students how to tell the gospel to other people. Now, yes, under each of these four goals, there are other subheadings that need to be emphasized to be sure, but these are the four goals that ought to be driving the heartbeat of anybody in teaching ministry. So let me ask you, teacher, when was the last time in class you emphasized the gospel? You told and challenged your class to receive the gospel. When was the last time you took one of your class members with you out and you watched, let them watch you tell the gospel to somebody who was lost in their sin? That's critical. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309 828 6888. That's 309 828 6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.